Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Jack Inslee about the documentary One in a Billion uh, is timely because it's about the NBA. Uh, the NBA Finals begin this week and Jack and I began our journey uh, once sports pretty much shut down. Uh, we watched every episode of The Last Dance and talked about it. And then since then, we've been regularly podcasting about sports documentaries. This is the next in our series. Sports were gone for a long time because uh, COVID-19 has destroyed a lot of things. And ladies and gentlemen, that is why we now have a Patreon account. Consider donating at youmethemeverybody.com. Uh, if you've ever been to one of our live shows and you offered me to buy a beer for me, and I said, no, thank you, because the bar gives me the drinks. Consider that uh, me saying no thanks then. Consider it again. And just give me the money. Um, the money's useful. I'll buy beer with the money you give me if you want me to. Um, I wasn't planning on it, but you know what? Why not? Uh, it's a good, solid investment, unlike what happens in one in a billion. I have been watching more basketball than probably since the Bulls were good. Nice. Are you watching the? Are you watching basketball right now? I sure am. Yeah, I've watched almost every game. Um, that's a lot. Well, at this point, not really. At this really. point, There's no. Been... But before, that's a no, lot. No, I don't mean throughout the entire playoffs. I mean now that we're in the conference finals, I'm you know pretty much watching every game. And yeah, w w we get L.A. versus Miami, which I loved. This Stephen A. Smith segment last night. Who he's such a gem. Um, he's like. You know, he's like all performative and he's looking depressed and he's like, man, I've been asking for this for years, L.A. versus Miami, and not for basketball reasons, not for basketball reasons. But why do we get this during COVID? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. Isn't it? Yeah. So in his, in his ideal world, it'd be like a Memphis versus Denver series. Yeah, get that out of the way now. Exactly. Actually, I take like, that back because that'd be a really good series. But no, it, those are two great cities. Maybe yeah. you, you meant to say like Milwaukee and Phoenix. No, because Milwaukee's a great city. I'm gonna go Minnesota. No, because even in Minnesota in the summer's fine. Are there? What's the worst? Detroit. Detroit, Phoenix. How about that? Detroit, Phoenix in June. Yeah, that's not a good season. Yeah. <laughs> no. So anyway, yeah, we get LA versus Miami. Uh the revenge of Pat Riley. That's you know, there's a lot of good storylines in this one. And uh I look forward to seeing LeBron win. Does it bother you that Pat Riley wears his mask upside down? No, nothing about Pat Riley bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because you grew up a Knicks kid? And he's like partially your coach? partially, but he burned us. I mean, you know, he's just so cool, man. <laughs> I don't know how you hate Pat Riley. Guy's As awesome. a Bulls fan, not a big fan. All right, fine. But, I mean, I don't know. Is the cool guy dude. that's able to get Jimmy Butler to be the best version of Jimmy Butler? Not a fan. He's 75. He looks great for 75. He looks great. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, so uh, I, I'm surprised that I'm the one that requested a basketball doc. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. This was great, and I did not even know it existed. You think it's great? Um, I have a lot of feelings. Oh, I want to know, know all of them. Please, ex please start with your strongest. I didn't. I didn't mean to suggest it was a great film. Oh, okay, great, that makes way more sense. It, it was. It was a great uh, exercise. Okay, how so? 
I just didn't know about this story. Mm-hmm. I'm um, surprised by that. Yeah, me too. I don't know how I missed this. Because um, it's not really a story. Right. That's right. So this film, to me, the overarching feeling, it felt like a military propaganda film. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. And I, yeah, I, the propaganda being that basketball academy or the NBA or both? Both, but certainly that basketball oh, God. academy. Man. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, well, it's just, it's fun to look at this in 2020 where, like, the film was made in 2015, I guess, probably put out in 2016. Is that right? No, I think it's way later than that. Because way later, the post- I guess, production like, and everything. Yeah, I think it came out, like, in 2018. Okay. We've done well, so much research for this one. They leave you with this hope that, you know, he continues to pursue his dream and... uh as it turns out, you know, things don't go that well. 2016, by the way. Okay. So, yeah, 2016, right right around then. Um, so, yeah, we're presented with this, like, you know, film that's supposed to be about the uh, Yao Ming of India, pretty much, right? Like, this guy that's going to put India on the map in terms of uh, the NBA market and uh, giving kids kids in India hope to achieve their NBA dreams, right? Like, there's a lot to unpack with this one. The <laughs> Okay, I, I don't want to laugh at anybody's misfortune, but <laughs> the only person in this film that I like, like after watching this film, possibly even more, is Mark Cuban. Oh, yeah. So this yeah, guy, absolutely. yeah. So this guy's drafted by the Mavs with like the last, like one of the last, the like, very last pick in the draft. And this is, is it, the very last I, pick in the draft, the very last pick in the draft. And this is classic Mark Cuban behavior. It's just like it fits so perfectly because mm. he is the GM. That's like, yeah, fuck it, I'll take a scratch off ticket. Yeah, I don't know it could hit. Yeah, it could hit. But it's not even a scratch-off ticket. It's like it's a scratch-off ticket that it's a free scratch-off ticket because this guy's going to sell X amount of jerseys for the league just by being him. Sure, yes, and that's I know, and that's easy as an outsider to kind of say like, well, why wouldn't you take that guy? He's going to sell jerseys. Yeah, you know, Nikola Jokic, who is one of the best players in these playoffs on the Denver Nuggets, mm-hmm. probably my favorite NBA player, a second-round draft pick. Yeah, like you do. You Jimmy Butler just, was like, thirty. Yes, you, you know you can't be in the top ten. You can't just use like oh whatever it's a second rounder. You might as well take a chance on some eight foot Indian guy that's going to sell a bunch of jerseys. I think Mark Cuban was really thinking like, hey, you know what? This kid might just be young and raw. Maybe. He is oh no, I think Mark Cuban wanted to sell some jerseys because they didn't have anybody on their board that was left. Mm. Or they could get everybody on their board that was left after the draft for cheaper and. If we put him in the draft class, it'll make a bigger splash, and then we'll sell more yeah, jerseys. Yeah, no question, no question. Because at that point, you're you're basically signing the undrafted guys to your summer league team, mm-hmm. and whoever's on your board, yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, you get the kind of like the documentary gets its Hollywood ending, sort yeah. of. And I knew <laughs> I knew we were in for trouble about forty five seconds into this film because Happy Walters is listed as the producer, and I know Happy Walters as. Not personally. I know him as Amari Stoudemire's agent and an agent to other NBA players. So as soon as I saw that an NBA agent had produced this film, I was like, oh, all right. So the agent – so you're – do you think that – he's the same agent, by the way, for this guy. 
Do you think that he had this deal before he decided to sign him? You bet your ass. <laughs> That's part of the package, man. I love how they they they, they like. There's like one of Happy Walters' like minions is like the scouting guy, mm-hmm. and he's like, I just saw a special gift and a special. Hell no, man! <laughs> you guys are a talent agency that saw a seven foot two Indian born <laughs> basketball player from a farm, and you're like, who are we hiring for this documentary, and when can we start shooting? <laughs> I love that you're going so negative on this. I love it so much because I felt the exact same way, but you know the ins and outs way more than me. So if anything, my guts were validated. Oh, man. I mean, like, I'd love for somebody to prove me wrong here in some way or debate it, but I, <laughs> I mean, God, the, 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 some of the scenes, man, where they're like, why would they film him signing the contract? That just seemed so predatory and wrong. And they're just oh, like, so much of this seems predatory and wrong. I just that scene where he's like, here's a 30 page document. You don't speak English, but like, you know, LeBron, everybody else signs these standards. standards also, standards. you went to prom last night. <laughs> he did. He went to prom the night before. He did. He did. It's so hard not to root for the kid, though, because he does genuinely seem like, you know, a good kid. And uh, I mean, the weight of the entire country and and the pressure his family's putting on him every time they cut to his dad. Like, I have faith he'll become NBA superstar. And it's like, damn, someone set your expectations way too high. Way too high. Way too high. So I kind of felt like this kid was sort of a victim until I read the article which you sent me, which is like the most recent news about the guy. Right. And that but changes everything like, and makes it so much better. 14 when he leaves and comes to Florida to hang out with a bunch of other like you know scout heavily scouted kids from America I mean it's kind of hard to blame the kid for much of oh no 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 no, no. you don't even need to say like what he was doing but just a 14 year old that was forced to leave his family to go to Florida you've already like given most of the people around the world sympathy like you're like 70% chance he has a problem with drugs at some point yeah exactly like there's a reason why everyone goes to... There's a reason why WWE is operating out of Florida. So the most recent story was from The Week, uh, from July, um, all about Saddam Singh. The, the first thing I did as soon as this film was done was go to Wikipedia. What about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. same. And, you, and it was there wasn't much. No, there wasn't much. And then right before we started talking, I read this article that you sent me from The Week about how uh, Satnam is no longer playing for the Indian national team because steroids are real and they're really inside of his body. Not only that, but he's living off his like family's money. Like There's like no money. Yes, which makes me want to see the documentary that needs to be made. Not a joke. The ins and outs of every single dollar that is accounted for from these guys' contracts. 100%. Well, okay, contract. Which contract? Because Let's say the, the, there's no way he got a bigger contract than his initial rookie contract. He didn't get his a signing contract. contract he wasn't signed. His D-League one, his year one G-League. Oh, that's like 100000 bucks. Fine. Show me exactly where that money goes or went. Oh, probably recoups a bunch of advances that his agency had to spend on whatever, you know custom suit and everything else yeah oh god it's probably um, total speculation but it's probably like a record deal where oh, like, yeah, oh yeah 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 and you know, then we I, advance this money against you know the account but then in this article which didn't make any sense to me which absolutely should is a lot of the money is also going to the school that he went to well here's my that's that's where all my red flags come up 
the NBA essentially comes and takes him, mm-hmm. right? From his home, they well, give this false hope. They're yeah. like, right? Like, they, oh, yeah, they, we they, should they, say, we should make it clear. The film is centered around this guy whose job it is to travel the world to scout potential recruits for the NBA. Yes, right? the NBA colonizer. Correct. <laughs> To be um, fair, you would take that job in a heartbeat if you could have in it. In a heartbeat. It sounded amazing. He's <laughs> like, I moved to India. I'm out here scouting. You know, I get to eat gym. cool food, and I get oh to watch God. basketball all day. I'm in. No, I thought more than once about my own life choices and how I can <laughs> somehow end up there. So your goal in life is colonizer. You got it. Cool. Just <laughs> next level, you know? <laughs> all right. So continue, please. So they're plucking him from his home. And just like, this is all going to work out. Trust us. Like, you got a scholarship, man. We're bringing you to Florida. Where is the safety net in all of this? And why, every time they cut to Adam Silver, it's just like Scrooge McDuck money eyes, where he's like, (laughs) India, this untapped, enormous marketplace, where there's so much potential. Which is true. Yes, sure, it is. But if that's true, right, if this is such a potential like boom for the NBA and all this is riding on this kid. Even if they're like, we don't give a fuck if he does well or not. Just like he's giving people hope. Why doesn't he have a permanent job with NBA cares going yeah. and shaking hands and like giving motivational speeches to high schools? Why isn't that just guaranteed? We're like, look, man, if all of this fails, we promise you $120,000 a year. We're going to put you on panels and you know, you'll go to the Africa seminar to teach them like whatever nba does this stuff how hard would it be to give the kid a job so you bringing that you jesus what's wrong with me that point is so interesting to me that if anything makes me think that this was a complete shoot documentary this was not staged anyway because if it was they would have done that with somebody that actually has like charisma and could connect with an audience because this guy was maybe purely based on talent like it should be. It wasn't just like, this is a charismatic Indian guy. I'm not suggesting, no, I mean, it was it was a talent-based thing and you can't teach yeah. size and he's that big. But even him being seven foot tall and Indian is like enough no, for- it's No, it's to, not. No, come on. You no, have to be- I, I mean, enough for him to go in an NBA Cares program and like be inspirational and show up at a basketball camp or whatever. I'm saying you can find an $80,000, $100,000 year job for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're the NBA. As a thank you for like, thanks, man, for like leaving your farm hometown and like doing all of this for us. Think of the think of the money he made the NBA just by existing. That's what I want. That's the documentary I want. Yeah. Happy Walters ain't going to produce that one. <laughs> you know who might is LeBron's company. Yeah. I mean, do you think David Stern watch uh, David Stern? Wow. Um, do you think Adam Silver watches this and is like, what a good story? Or if he's like, ah, shit, we got to make this right. Neither. I think Neither. It's, I think it's like this is an OK story. We should do it again. We should rerun this. But with someone that either could speak very fluent English. And that's not a knock on this guy. She's like, that's part of the part of the film like he misses his grade because his grades aren't good he's not fluent at all he even start trying to speak english till he was what like 14 well he didn't even get a regular indian education yeah like he's he's got a lot but not a lot going for him before the colonizer comes his voice and his father's voice yeah they're both so deep yeah 
that I and and I was totally sober watching this, but I was like, are they masking the voices? Is this like a, you know, it, it oh, didn't really? seem real. The voices seem doctored. They're so deep. No, it's just it's gigantism, crazy. man. Yeah, it There's is. There's no way he doesn't have it. Oh, of course he does. I mean, his his facial bone structure, everything. Yeah. It was like a fascinating human being. Yeah. Once again, that's um, not like a knock on anybody. Like, that's just, that's what it is. It makes his story more impressive, too. The fact that he was able to get to a place of, like, playing any minutes at all in the NBA G League is is incredible. Well, the thing about it that makes no sense to me even from like the Mark Cuban perspective, is like, all right, let's put him in the G League, but also let's make mandatory community college, and we're gonna pay for it, or or G, like or D three or whatever, just to like get you more minutes, but, that's but also not what's gonna... an education, and also maybe by the end of this thing, you're gonna get a four year degree in public speaking, so then we could use you as an official employee of the Mavs and do all those things that you just mentioned. That should not be Mark Cuban's responsibility. It should be the NBA who sent their scouts to go start this whole thing. None of this happens if they don't come and intervene, right? With like the natural state of things in India. Sure. That's why I feel like the NBA has a responsibility if they're going to do that. They need to create a safety net for these kids that they're just plucking out of yeah. their regular trajectories because that kid could have just helped his dad on the farm and been like, fine. There would be no heart. Eh. Okay, there would be without those expectations. Eh. Right? Then no, there's not this. I can't sense. agree with you on that because he already had expectations from that like local gym owner and his father. Like he's been put upon the day he hit six feet. It's not just the NBA. They certainly are pouring gasoline on that spark. Sure, absolutely. But it's not like it was their... They're not like, hey, guys, have you heard of basketball to a bunch of volleyball players? No, no, no. They... They knew. They know what the operationally, NBA is. Operationally, that's what the NBA is kind of doing, where they're setting up these little mini programs, and they're like, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, I have a bigger the problem. Fact that they with have the, a guy there at all. I have a bigger I'm problem with saying, what's going on in Florida than what what, hap- what brought the kid to Florida. Does that make sense? And the NBA brought him to Florida. Yeah, and I still think that's not as bad as what's going on in Florida. Oh sure, and I mean like one of the most uncomfortable scenes for me. I don't know about you. This is just a general thing I have is when that coach is screaming at him. That didn't bother me that much. I f- that's just like it did high not school. bother you that much. No, that's just like high school to me. That's uh, uh, true. I think I'm just sensitive to that because it's always wrong. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah, it always feels wrong. I'm like because you don't it talk is. to a human being like that is demoralizing. Just the scene where the coach is screaming at him. And, I mean. Yeah, I come down on the side of the NBA being the ones who have to make this right and like systematically make it right, not just about this one kid and this one doc, because you could easily make a doc about, I'm sure, hundreds if not thousands of failures where they're coming into villages in Africa or China, wherever, and they're finding just tall kids and being like, we can really work with this. And Why do you have you to know? give them that voice? <laughs> We're from the NBA. <laughs> you guys want basketball? <laughs> hey, tall guy, want a million bucks? I think now what'll be interesting, and this is not the filmmaker's responsibility. That being said, it's like an hour and six minutes. It's a very short doc. It is so short. I would like to know what the internet is where he's from right now. 
what their broadband situation is like and if so have any of them seen this film or do they see NBA games regularly um you know what I know is really big in India this is not a joke is WWE because they are on like local Indian television right is the NBA on local Indian television these are the things that weren't really explored in the doc um and I understand why I totally understand sorry it's a minute it's an hour and nine minutes it's not their documentary responsibility but these are the things that I'm interested in seeing how the future Indian superstar figures out the NBA is for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. As I understand it, it is grow. It is growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basketball is supposedly the fastest growing sport in India and the second most popular sport in India or becoming the second most popular mm-hmm. sport. And um, the, the Sacramento Kings owner, Vivek uh, Ranadiv, he, he's kind of, at the forefront of advocating and he's, he's a good, you know, public voice on this. We should make it clear. He's so, in this film. He is in this film. He gives uh sing a tryout. He clearly does not go with him. Once that guy gives him a tryout and the Kings don't bite, are you just like, Ooh, maybe no one should draft him. Oh, I knew nobody should draft him. <laughs> and you could tell from watching the agent and how nervous he was. It agents don't get that nervous for a play. Like, the the stakes in this doc were the doc itself. Yeah. And I think the agent and everybody involved knew like, shit, man, we signed this kid. We wanted to make this documentary. He needs to be the first player drafted. Like our whole shit doesn't work if the kid doesn't get fucking drafted. Yeah. So that's why he's on the phone all nervous. Like, what, what do you mean? We, we need somebody to take him. Um, and Cuban saves the film. <laughs> like, it all just felt like, you know for that that and the irony is like in my research after watching this there was an not indian born but the first player of indian descent did play nba minutes that previous season Mm. for the kings (laughs) zimbular he was canadian born and uh seven five i believe he played three games for the Sacramento Kings in the 2014-15 season. He scored a few points, like two or three points, made history. So Vivek did break that barrier that year. Huh. Does that make sense? You know? Oh, yeah. In, in a way. I mean, again, he's not Indian-born. He's of Indian descent. But you could just as easily make that documentary, and yeah. I'm sure there are people in India that were thrilled when he put on an NBA jersey. Um that's never so mentioned yeah, in the whole, film. Not mentioned once. So this whole thing felt <laughs> like an, an, an agency sham. You I know. love it. I'm so glad I recommended it. Me too. That's why I started by saying this was great. I know <sighs> I'm in. I'm in for a good shit show sometimes. I love it. I hope. I'm genuinely hopeful for this guy. I don't think anything good's gonna happen. No, unfortunately not. I don't, did you ever read the really good, if anybody has watched this film or is interested in this kind of story, read the New York Times profile on Frederick Weiss. Frederick Weiss. Haven't. I'll link to it in the podcast description. Please. So Frederick Weiss was uh, from, I think, rural France, um, famously the 15th pick in the 99 draft. The Knicks took him to bring things full circle here. They took him a pick before Ron Artest. So hmm. he is who he is who we chose. Everyone in New York was like St. John's star. We're going to get our test. We're going to get our test. The Knicks pick Frederick Weiss. 
He's this unknown seven foot, whatever, seven foot two, you know, kind of a similar thing here. Total speculation. He never makes it to the NBA. He becomes most famous for being the guy that Vince Carter dunks on in the Olympics, the famous dunk where he like climbs over this guy. And, uh, he runs a tobacco store in France now, and there's this awesome Times profile about that whole journey who, you know, never really made it happen. There's a lot of these stories. <laughs> like this, this is not the first time a really tall guy was kind of like, you know, falsely hyped and then retreated into a really humble life. 